Welcome, everyone, to the Fantasy Fessionals Football Podcast, part of the Sports Pros Network, where we're always talking sports, so let's start the conversation. I'm your host, Keith Needham, and I'm joined in studio, as always, by my co-host and good friend, the Fantasy Fessional himself, Mr. Jeremy Butterball Van Curen. Butterball, how are we doing this evening, bud? I'm great, man. How about yourself? I'm excited, Butter. Obviously, we've got a big game on Sunday. We're talking Chiefs-Bucks. We're going to go into a deep dive of all the storylines, all the angles, some prop bets, and all kinds of other fun stuff leading up to that. We've got some mega trades in the NFL, right? So some quarterbacks kind of swapping teams and a lot of draft picks going in opposite directions and what the ripple effect of that might be. Uh, And then also coaching news and all kinds of other fun stuff uh, leading up to the big game down in Tampa on Sunday. But before we get into that, butter as always we've got to show some love to our primary sponsor and of course that is chalk sports bar chalk is oklahoma city's premier luxury sports bar located in chisholm creek plaza at 1324 west memorial road follow ben chad and the whole chalk team on the web at chalkokc.com or follow them on twitter and instagram at chalkokc again it's the best damn sports bar in oklahoma and there's no better place to watch the big game on sunday always the favorite that's chalk luxury sports bar The best damn sports bar, period. Absolutely. And again, you might have heard this on our sister pod, the golf pod, the YSO, You're Still Out Golf Pod, right? Having a big scorecard giveaway uh, there at Chalk. Get out, play more golf, eat more Chalk. Everybody's a winner. Drop off your scorecard. Write the YSO, You're Still Out Podcast, Sports Pros Network, something on there to let them know that we sent you. You'll get half off your sandwich or burger, and you'll be entered into a drawing for a table for four, uh, along with uh, all the fixings, right? We're going to pick up the tab uh, at the YSO and Sports Pros Network uh, for your for your tab there for Masters Sunday. So that's going to be in April, right? So the drawing is open until March 31st, uh, but certainly looking forward to that. And again, get out, uh, play more golf, eat more chalk, drop off that scorecard, and you'll have a chance to win a table for four on Masters Sunday there at Chalk. So, well, Butter, let's get into it. Let's start off with some of the news before we get into the breakdowns of the big game. And obviously, the uh, some of the big news that broke this week over the weekend, I should say, you and I were texting about it. Um, Jared Goff going to Detroit in exchange for Matt Stafford going to the Rams. Rams sending a lot of draft picks to the Lions as well in this one. It seemed there towards the end of the season for the Rams and certainly leading into the playoffs that maybe Jared Goff's time had kind of grown stale uh, and, uh, you know, obviously his reports come out later on that the feeling was mutual. He was ready to move on. Um, your thoughts on this big trade, what it means for both teams, and with Matthew Stafford at quarterback for the Rams, are they a Super Bowl contender next year? Okay. Um, well, I mean, two things, you know. I mean, um, obviously, I mean, I think that uh, Matthew Stafford is probably um, a little bit of an upgrade at quarterback for L.A. I mean, not that Jared Goff isn't a great um great quarterback because I mean I think he he's gonna fit well with uh rebuilding the Lions which uh you know I mean the Lions really haven't been a very relevant team you know the whole time that Stafford has been there so I mean uh they mutually parted ways which you know I mean Stafford uh is getting up there in age I mean I think he's uh 34 35 years old mid-30s I think yeah you know I mean uh kind of getting down to the end of his career so I mean it would be it's going to be good good for him to to finally uh go to a team where they actually have a chance to to get in the playoffs and uh and compete in the playoffs you know I mean the Rams I mean um I don't really think that they're that far from 
being a successful um, team. And, and I, I think that uh, trading for Matthew Stafford, like I said, I, I believe that that um, helps him more than it hurts him in the quarterback room. Uh, with Jared Goff going to the Lions, the Lions obviously get a young quarterback who they can uh, help transition into rebuilding that team. Obviously, uh, Matt Patricia is not is no longer there, so they're uh, starting from scratch with a head coach and uh, front office. So, obviously, I mean, Jared Goff is, is younger, um, still has – Quite a few years left. Um, has been um, kind of successful, but, you know, I mean, uh, like I said, there was reports of um, the Rams and Goff, I mean, kind of mutually parting ways. So, obviously, I mean, I think both of these guys, it's a, it's going to be a great fit for both of them. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how it's all going to play out. You think about Matthew Stafford and his ability to throw the ball down the field should factor in well with the Rams and uh, and McVay and his play-action offense and wanting to kind of get the ball, push it downfield in that regard. And then, yeah, I mean, going from, I, I guess, from a living condition standpoint, going from SoCal to Detroit might be a little bit of a change of pace uh, for Ger- Jared Goff, right? He's a California kid, right, played at Cal uh, in college. So we'll see how he uh, holds up. Uh, there in the Midwest, obviously the Lions playing a dome, so it's not going to have any impact there at home. But being in the NFC North, he's going to get some outdoor games against the Packers, uh, Bears, and uh, and Vikes as well, kind of moving forward in that division. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it is kind of win win, right? The Rams are obviously looking to win now, right? You think about some of the moves that they've made here uh, in in the uh, the last year or two. You know, they've given up a lot to bring in guys like Jalen Ramsey um, and in uh, trying to find a way to get over that hump after they got to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Um, obviously giving up a third rounder here this year. I think they're giving up consecutive first rounders in 2022 and 2023 as part of the deal. So, you know, again, the, it needs to work from a McVay and Rams perspective because otherwise, and you, you gave up a lot here. So for, is it a significant upgrade at quarterback? But I guess that would be the question. I, I, I'm with you in that Stafford is definitely an upgrade, but is it a material upgrade in the sense of it was worth giving up all those draft picks well i mean only time will tell like like you know i mean uh one of the things with uh with jared Goff, you know i mean uh his first couple of years in the league i mean he was really really kind of looked i mean not necessarily a, a mvp candidate but i mean he was a pretty he was putting up good numbers a, he was a pretty solid pretty solid quarterback well you know i mean 2019 2020 i mean he's Seems like he's regressed quite a bit. Um, I think he threw for almost 4,000 yards this year, but uh, only 20 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. You know, you think think somebody that throws for 4,000 yards, I mean, you'd think as much as the Rams um, kind of move the football around, I mean, you'd think that he'd have more touchdown passes than that. But, you know, <clears throat> and then also there was some – he had some um, injury issues uh, this, this year as well, but – you know, I mean, uh, it's kind of one of those things, like, I, I think he kind of wore out his welcome. Um, and like I said, it was kind of a mutual um, a mutual breakup. 
Yeah, so. I think it's fair. And, and you got to think about uh, golf's cap number as well, right? So signed the big extension uh, before the 2019 season. So he, he's he's owed a lot of money. And from a Lions perspective, I think that you're okay tolerating that cap number simply because the, Lion, the Lions aren't going to win a Super Bowl next year. But I think you and I can agree with that. Our man Barrett Hartman, yeah. uh, Yankee Wankers fame, uh, he's a big Lions fan. I, I think that he would probably agree with it as well. And so maybe uh, from a Detroit Lions perspective, you're gunning – and gearing up for that 2022 season or that 2023 season. And, you know, depending upon Goff's play, if he plays well and merits an extension, well, then kudos and good for him, right? And good for the Lions, right? That's mutually beneficial. If it doesn't pan out over the next two seasons, then you don't re-sign him. You have that cap space to go work with, and you go get somebody else, right? So uh, I think uh, it's prudent salary cap management from the Lions in that regard, and obviously getting the other uh, picks. Again, they're afforded that luxury because I think the expectations are that uh, they won't be competing for a championship uh, in 2021, whereas the Rams' expectations might have been high, uh, after the playoff win over the Seahawks uh, this year in a tough, tough, tough NFC West division. Well, after this move, I mean, yeah, they better they better make it to the Super Bowl next year. Otherwise, uh, uh, they might get uh, grilled over this move uh, uh, this time next year. So, well, and you also got to think. I mean, just a few years ago, they were in the the Super Bowl, made an appearance in the Super Bowl, and. Uh, NFC Championship game. Yeah, some guy named Tom Brady, I think, uh, beat him in that Super Bowl, if I remember yeah. right, Butter. I mean, that name sounds familiar. We'll maybe revisit that later on in the pod. So, Well, well speaking of a team that's in the big game on Sunday, Butter, we got to talk about the Chiefs here. And, and a lot of news stories and uh, kind of Twitter, uh, social media uh, feed kind of blowing up about the Chiefs offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy, And he continues to get passed over for a head coaching job uh, in the NFL, you think about some of the jobs that have been filled here recently, Houston Texans, mm-hmm. uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, with guys that, how do I put this lightly, butter, or diplomatically, probably didn't have the same resume as Eric Bieniemy. I think that that's probably fair to say. Now, I think part of the issue with Bieniemy has been that the Chiefs have been so successful in going deep into the playoffs over the last few years that perhaps some franchises kind of get – uh, that are looking for a head coach, or we think about you know Black Monday, right after the season ends, you fire a head coach. You're going, you're going to look for the next guy. You know maybe you don't want to wait until you know the end of February to find your guy if your guy is out there coaching or a coordinator for one of the teams that's heading to the Super Bowl. Uh, that probably plays into it a little bit, but he certainly seems to have the bona fides, butter, as to meriting a look at a head coaching job, right? You listen to some other podcasts and some other commentators saying like, well, I mean, maybe he's not the best guy in an interview standpoint. He's more about the X's and O's and doesn't come off as a raw, raw rally, the, the franchise guy. You know, it's all about results, right? So if you win, all that other shit kind of comes along with it. But your thoughts on Bienemy here, obviously a name that we're familiar with in Big 12 country, right? Mm-hmm. Colorado guy, right? So back in yep. the day, uh, had a had an illustrious uh, college career there, played in the NFL for a few years. And then if kind of he's he's earned his stripes, right? Mm-hmm. Got to come up through the, through the NFL over the last few years. But your thoughts on Bienemy, if he didn't get a head coaching job this year, it, it's got to be in the cards eventually, right? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, one of the things that, that he kind of came out and said, you know, I mean, right job or the right opportunity hasn't hasn't uh, I haven't got it yet so I mean I'm sure that there's been uh, some jobs that that he's probably been offered that we just haven't heard that he um, I mean obviously we, we know that he didn't get them but you know I mean he might have uh, turned some of these guys down and you just never did hear about it because uh, there's <clears throat> the past two years I mean there's um, a lot of jobs that 
that he's probably been up for, um, in particular, probably the the Jets who, I mean, who would want to go there? Well, know? the Texans this year as well, right? So maybe maybe there was talks there. Yeah. And it's like, if, I, if I'm a guy that's kind of coming up through the ranks, like, I don't know that I want that Texans job with the situation with Deshaun Watson. It's like, you yeah, know, maybe, maybe, uh, it, maybe it's a head coaching job, but it's not maybe a job that puts you in a position to have success, kind of what you're saying, right? Yeah. And then another thing that you touched on, you know, I mean, uh, with the Chiefs going, uh, you know, uh, extending themselves into the playoffs and into the Super Bowl, where they're um, they're uh, playing into February. I mean, he's focused on uh, winning the winning the Super Bowl with the Chiefs, and so he he probably doesn't have um, as much time. And you know, I mean, maybe you know, I mean, uh, these teams that are trying to trying to hire these guys. Uh, I know that they want to get somebody in place as quick as they can, but you know, I mean, that, that's one of these one of the things that the guys that are trying to hire a new coach. I mean, they're going to have to take that into consideration too. That you know, these defensive coordinators, these offensive coordinators uh, that are competing to for the Super Bowl uh, championship. I mean, they can't just drop everything. I mean, they have to. It's kind of a big deal, right, Butter? <laughs> they, they, they have to be focused on uh, the team that uh, they're coaching because you know, I mean. Obviously, the job hasn't been offered to him yet, or they wouldn't be with the team. But yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I, I I think with as as talented as he is, I mean, he's definitely a an offensive uh, guru. I mean, you look at uh, Patrick Mahomes; that I mean, he's been phenomenal in his offense. And like I said, I mean, I think it's probably just one of those things where you know, I mean, the right job hasn't uh, hasn't uh, hasn't came hasn't came to him, or hadn't he hadn't got offered it yet. <laughs> Yeah, I think he will get that job eventually, and and he's earned his stripes. Like I said, we we've we've talked about that, and yeah, I mean sometimes you know, like I said, if it's a Jets or a Texans job this year, it's like eh, maybe it's not the the right gig for me. But you know, you do, yeah, and that was part of the the rules. Uh, or Bruce Arians was kind of asked about like, hey, should should the rules be changed to where you know these teams that make their their firing of head coaches on that traditional Black Monday right at the end of the season, should there be kind of a freeze until after the Super Bowl before mm-hmm. those types of hires could be made? You know, I, I'm not you know so sure that that's the answer to it. You know, some organizations are just going to be different, right? They're going to bring want to bring somebody in quickly, and part of it too is about building a staff quickly as well. Maybe you go out and get you know the right guy, and you want that guy to have enough lead time to go out and acquire a staff as well, right? Coordinators and positional coach to kind of go on down the line. And so, you know, there's a lot of dominoes that kind of fall within that, you know, January, you know, or late late December, early January, up through the Super Bowl period. So, you know, I don't know if putting some sort of rule to restrict it is the is the answer uh, to this. And, uh, and again, I think it'll work out for BNME uh, soon enough. And hell, who knows, right? You know, Andy Reid's getting up there. Maybe he decides to hang it up here in the next year or two. And maybe the best situation is to stay put and just take over for the Chiefs. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what, that's what I was sitting here thinking. You know, I mean, like he said, the, the right job hasn't, uh, <clears throat> hasn't, hasn't came to him yet. And I mean, he hasn't been offered it yet. But, you know, I mean, some of these jobs this year, obviously, I mean, they're looking for uh, a new head coach. But they're also there. There's some of those jobs that they're off also looking for uh, GMs. So you're talking about um, a complete rebuild in the front office. And you know, I mean, some of these coaches that are taking these jobs that are first time coaches. You know, I mean, if um, if they can't fix it within four or five years, I mean, 
that could be their only head coaching opportunity yeah, that they get. That's kind of the window e- these e- days. Especially if um, if they're not successful and they can't turn a program around. And so that could be some of it too. You know, I mean, um, if I'm Eric Benamy, I mean, I wouldn't right now with the way that the, the Jets are, the way that the Texans are, I mean, that, that could be – Maybe he doesn't want to go to some of these places. Yeah, I think it's fair. I think it's fair. So, well, well, let's let's move on, Butter. You know, we talked a little bit on the college fantasy uh, or CFFL commissioners uh, uh, corner podcast, which is kind of our college football focused podcast. Uh, earlier this afternoon, the release of the new, well, I should say, the news release that EA Sports is bringing back their college football video game franchise. So. We're super excited about that. We nerded out about that on the CFF Commissioner's Corner podcast. You can go check that out uh, over at fantasysportspros.com or on the Sports Pros Network to give that a listen with our thoughts on that. But speaking of video games, Butter, obviously Madden is the recognizable franchise for the NFL for video game purposes. So Madden, EA Sports, they did their annual simulation of the big game this week. And it came out that the Chiefs would repeat in this one, Butter. So 37 to 27 was the final score on the Madden Sim game. And, you know, the kind of neat story that kind of goes through it, right? It's 34 27 late, and the Chiefs tack on a field goal, but it breaks into the stats. And you start looking at the breakdown of the game and the stats, and it's like, shit, that's, that could. It, that's how the game might play out, right? So it's crazy how realistic these things are. Now, I know you've got a vested interest in the Bucks winning this thing for a variety of reasons here, but you know your thoughts on the on the Madden Sim here, and, and just I mean, I guess we need to talk about the difficulty of repeating, right? It's only it's only happened a handful of times, right? I think eight times in the history uh, of the NFL. I mean, it's it's hard to win back to back, isn't it? Yeah. Well, this brings up this brings brings me to like a point as well. Okay, you said that they won thirty seven to twenty seven. Did they say? who the MVP was. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was Mahomes. It okay, was, yeah. Okay. The, and he is the favorite. We'll talk about some prop bets a little bit later on in the pod. I think he's minus 125 in the uh, uh, MVP category. But it was Mahomes, right? 422 yards and four touchdowns. So that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, uh, and like you said, I mean, it, it, like in, in this Super Bowl era, I mean, it's really, really hard to, to repeat um, – Back to back, you know. I mean, only a handful of have uh, only a handful of people have done it. You know, I mean, and uh, another thing, I mean, there's a lot of people that have only won one, and a few people that have done it twice. So, um, I mean, if you can win two Super Bowls, um, not necessarily back to back. I mean, you can join a pretty good club uh, of people. If you can win them, if you can win them back to back, you can kind of join an elite status so um you know i mean but patrick mahomes i mean he he's young i mean he's gonna be competing uh for super bowls and in the playoffs for for years and years to come and you know i mean andy reed uh you know i mean he spent the first part of his career as head coach uh with a, a team the philadelphia eagles and they could never really get over that hump. I mean, they made a NFC championships, yeah. right? Kept getting to the doorstep with, with yeah. a kid uh, with a kid by the name of Donovan McNabb. I mean, he was a really, really solid quarterback. Uh, but Andy Reid, for some reason, could never get over the hump uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles. And you know, I mean, last year he finally gets over the hump, gets his first uh, Super Bowl title, and he's got him back again. So I mean, um, I think. 
for sure, Andy Reid now, he's got the uh, experience, and he knows how to win the big game now. So. Yeah, you talk about those those eight teams that have won back-to-back Super Bowls in the history of the NFL, but you got to go all the way back to the Packers. Super Bowl one, Super Bowl two, right? Uh, 66 and 67. Now, the Packers were winning NFL championships long before that, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of in the decade of the 60s, uh, long recognized as the team of the 60s uh, whenever we think about those teams of the decades. Dolphins, right? Don Shula did it in 72, 73, or one of those teams went undefeated right the 72 team I think 14 and 0 regular season uh, three playoff wins to finish 17 and 0 still the only undefeated team throughout uh, the uh, NFL uh, regular season in the playoffs onto the championship game Pittsburgh Steelers did it twice in the 70s right 74 75 78 79 we think about the Niners being the team of the 80s you know they won four Super Bowls during the 80s but there was only those two at the end of the 80s in 88 and 89 on back-to-back our Dallas Cowboys, uh, obviously being the team of the 90s, uh, winning three out of four years, but uh, won their back-to-back in 92 and 93. Uh, the Broncos with John Elway had those two in 97 and 98, and then Elway hung it up and retired. Uh, and then Tom Brady and the Patriots, 03 and 04. You think about the six Super Bowls that they won, um, but uh, you think it was, oh, they just won every year. Well, that really wasn't the case. They only had that uh, um, uh, two-year period there in 2003 and 2004 whenever they won back-to-back. So out of 55 years, you know, there's only been eight teams, 16 seasons, if you want to you know, double up there, that it's actually happened uh, in back-to-back seasons. So it's really, really tough, right? So that's another you know, kind of a foreshadowing maybe of our picks a little bit later to come uh, in the pod. Uh, but just because the Chiefs are favored, I mean, they've got some history stacked up against them, right? Yeah, I mean, like uh, you look at this list, you know, I mean, the New England Patriots, I mean, obviously they're probably one of the best teams of the 2000s for sure. I mean, the most successful um, teams for sure because um, they were in the, the Super Bowl a few times and lost. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So now that'll be uh, something to look out for uh, there. Well, well, Butter, obviously the year of 2020 will always be remembered uh, for the pandemic, right? COVID-19 yes. pandemic. You know, we're into 2021 now, but obviously still kind of finishing up the 2020 NFL season here. You know, just had a quick story in here, kind of a blip about, um, you know, Dr. Anthony Fauci, kind of the the country's uh, premier uh, 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 infectious diseases expert, right? So he's obviously been in the news a lot, certainly throughout the the, the Trump uh, presidency there during the end of the year. And we won't get political here on, on you people, I promise you. Uh, I won't won't allow that to happen on this podcast. But, you know, you're talking about Super Bowl parties, right? And we think about this as always kind of an annual event for friends and family to get together, to watch the big game on Sunday. You know, a lot of people are interested in the game. A lot of people are interested in the halftime show. Even more people are interested in the TV commercials that come on in between uh, plays of the game. Uh, you know, obviously said, hey, look, you don't want to be throwing a bunch of parties with people you haven't had a whole lot of contact with, try to reduce it, try to keep it down. You know, we were used to that for the Thanksgiving holiday. I think we were used to that for the Christmas holiday as well. Um, You know, hopefully this is the last year we have to worry about this shit with the vaccine and everything that's kind of coming out in that regard. But, you know, you think about that Sunday being a special American event. Uh, and we've also, you know, a lot of people have talked about making the Monday afterwards a national holiday. I mean, I'd be up for that. Uh, but your your thoughts on this, Butter? And again, what are your plans on Sunday? Uh, and uh, what are you going to do uh, that evening? I'll probably just watch the game with um, my close friends and families, what I'm, what I'm planning on doing, you know. I mean, um, it's, been de- it's definitely been a, a trying year, a weird year. 
You know, I mean, this is the first year that I can remember not going to any OU football games within the last uh, 25 or 30 years, you know. Um, didn't, didn't go to one, but <clears throat> obviously with the coronavirus uh, still in the United States and still um, actively spreading and seems like the, the numbers are still kind of kind of going up um, with people in, that are getting infected. And obviously it uh, doesn't seem like it's going away as quick as we want it to, but, you know, I mean, the vaccine, uh, people are getting to take the vaccine and uh, hopefully they keep uh, putting that out where it becomes accessible for other people. But um, honestly, like, I'm just going to kind of lay low. I mean, I, I don't expect to have a big knockdown drag out, but I'm definitely going to watch the game and have a few beers and have a good time. Yeah, probably do the same, right? So we obviously got together this past Sunday for a little event called the uh, WWE Royal Rumble, uh, which we had a little you know podcast with our man Chad Ford uh, late Friday night about that, and posted that out there on the BBSBC pod uh, over at the Sports Pros Network. And had a good time there, right? We had a few beers and uh, uh, had, a, had a small group of guys kind of come over and watch that event and probably maybe be something similar uh, for Sunday uh, evening as well. Uh, relatively small group, have a few beers, maybe order in some pizza or something like that uh, and watch the game. So, but uh, yeah, just, just again, uh, you know, not to, to put a, a damper on the pod here or kind of what we expect from the game. Cause I do expect for the game uh, to be incredible. going to be a lot of offense, a lot of fireworks, which we're getting ready to get into it. But uh, I would be remiss if we, uh, you know, kind of didn't talk about that from a contextual standpoint, obviously something we're still dealing with and uh, uh, probably won't get to go out and do all the, uh, what you call a knockdown drag out. Right. So won't, won't be able to do that on Sunday and then have to get up and go to work the next day, which again, I'm still, you know, the first president that comes out or first candidate that comes out and says that one of their main goals from a candidacy standpoint, Butter, is to make the Monday after the Super Bowl a national holiday, that man or that woman is going to get my vote. So that's yeah. all it would need uh, to get me to vote for them. I'll, I'll finally register to vote and jump on board and get political as soon as that uh, becomes a, a, a big a big ticket item there for one of the candidates in the future. So something to look out for there. It should be a national holiday. So. I, I think I think you're right. I mean, I think it's something that could be in the works. Uh, we think about, probably could happen. Yeah, you think about like President's Day, right, which is always like a week later or something. It's like, I, I mean, it's not, you know, what difference does it make? You can celebrate a president any day. Make it the Sunday after the Super Bowl. We all get the day off from work. It doesn't matter which freaking day it is, right? So let's, uh, let's, let's make that happen, people. Uh, it's a quick fix, and it'll make uh, the vast majority of the country happy. Uh, but... But let's get into it, Butter. Uh, let's get into a preview of the big game on Sunday. Again, Super Bowl 55, right, is what we're talking about here. Tampa Bay Bucks, Kansas City Chiefs. Let's start with the big ticket items here. Chiefs are favored, right? Most of the books still have the Chiefs at a minus three favorite right now. There's, I've seen a few of them that have got it up to three and a half. The total on this one, 56, 56 and a half, again, depending upon your book here. Um not shocking that the Chiefs are probably favored in this one, right, Butter? So, obviously, the defending champion, uh, they've won, what, 25 out of their last 27 games that, that have a meeting, right, that Week 17 game that they lost this year. I don't know that that one really counts. Uh, but they've been on an incredible run, just an unstoppable offense. The other side of the coin, obviously, the, the GOAT, mm -hmm. Tom Brady, 
He's been there. He's done that. His 10th Super Bowl, looking to win his 7th Super Bowl, which just seems absolutely incredible. Uh, I think he would have more than any other of the franchises combined at that point, right? So if, if you know, franchise, you think about the Steelers and some other Patriots having six, uh, he would have seven as an individual, which is obviously the most of any individual player. Um, initial thoughts leading up to the game, and then kind of an overall feel. What are you expecting to happen on Sunday evening? I mean, I expect a lot of points from both the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. Uh, I think the the over-under is like around 56 or 57 points. I mean, I think that it'll definitely exceed that. Um, You know, I mean, I expect um, Patrick Mahomes to, 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 you know, I mean, throw for – Three touchdown passes, you know, I mean, um, 300 yards. And I honestly, I expect Tom Brady to do the exact same thing. Um, it's going to be a really, really good matchup because, I mean, it's a a seasoned veteran in uh, Brady who has been there and who knows how to win Super Bowls versus Patrick Mahomes, who, is, um, who actually won his first Super Bowl last year. And, um, I mean, it's. I think it's going to be a great game. I mean, um Lots of offense um, with not a lot of defense. And, I mean, but I will say this. Whoever can uh, come up with the last stop is going to win the game. Well, let me ask you this, Butter. I mean, we I'm with you. I expect there to be a lot of offense in this one as well. You know, that opening line for the total had come out around 56. It hasn't changed a whole lot. It seems like most of the sentiment and most of the money is coming in on the over. Does it spook you that Vegas has resisted bumping that line up to maybe 59 or into the low 60? I mean, in 56 and a half, I mean, that's a high total for mm-hmm. the NFL. Don't get us wrong. I mean, it's not like college football where you get these 75 to- you know, point totals or 80 point totals or something crazy like that, like what we're used to seeing in the Big 12. But you know, it seems like that is the sentiment that, hey, both these quarterbacks are going to be unstoppable. There's going to be a lot of points in this one. Both teams might get into the 30s or certainly into the high 20s. Um, does it spook you a little bit that the line hasn't moved a whole lot? Yeah, I mean, a little bit it does. I mean, uh, this is kind of one of those things that what you have told me all your li- all year long, maybe Vegas knows something. You lean into those funky <laughs> lines, right? So, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, um, like I said, I mean – there's been a lot of money bet on the over, and like I said, I mean, it hadn't moved at all. I don't even think it's moved to half a point, has it? No, I mean, it, it's been in that 56 to 56 and a half pretty much the, uh, the the whole time, right? So that that's what it opened up at. That's what it still is, uh, despite the fact that, again, it seems like a little bit more money coming in on the over uh, from a total I mean, standpoint. It, it would not shock me for the final score to be like 35 to 30. I'm with you, yeah, I, and we'll get into that. We'll pick our final scores here uh, and our, our best bets uh, from a parlay standpoint. Right, We'll pick a winner against the spread and then pick a total as well. So, uh, again, we're probably foreshadowing our picks on the total, at least, uh, with these talks here. But, you know, think about other storylines, Butter. Obviously, everybody, you know, beat that dead horse last week with regards to the Bucks playing at home the first time that that's ever happened. You know, the Bucks are actually going to wear their white uh, uh, road uh, uniforms in this one, so I still haven't really figured out the reasoning as to behind why they're doing that. Uh, the Chiefs will have their usual home uh, red jerseys with white pants there uh, for purposes of at least of what we're going to see on television. But, you know, any well, I'm guessing that Kansas City is going to be the home team because they, well, I know I think I do think that the NFC is the home team this year, which it, that just alternates every year. So it's kind of funky that it's like well, it ended up being the Bucks in Tampa on a year that the 
NFC is designated the home team. Again, I still don't understand why. I'm sure there's some sort of a, you know, psychological reason or strategic reason as to why they're doing it. But, you know, is there any advantage for the Bucks to be playing in their home stadium in Tampa uh, in the big game on Sunday? Well, I mean, anybody that's in the Super Bowl, I mean, they would love to play their uh, the Super Bowl at their home stadium, which it's going to be a lot different this year. You know, I mean, they're only going to allow 22,000 uh, fans. So, I mean, to me, obviously, I mean, the crowd's really going to have to be very, very loud for it to really be a difference. You know, I mean, if there were 80,000 people and it was sold out, I mean, I would think that makes a difference. But, you know, I mean, it is Tom Brady. Um, there is something to say to be said for the home field advantage. I mean, teams usually play better at home. And, um, you know, I mean, that's why I, I really do like Tampa Bay. I mean, not just because they're – if they were playing someplace else in the Super Bowl, I would still pick them uh, just because that's been kind of one of my picks this year. I mean, I've been high on the Buccaneers with uh, with Tom Brady, with Gronkowski. And, I mean, I think the Buccaneers, you know, I mean, obviously they, they didn't start – as really a hot, hot, hot team. I mean, uh, new system for their players that they had coming in. And they all kind of had to buy into Bruce Arian's system and kind of learn to trust each other. But, you know, I mean, the Bucks have been a team that from start to finish is their body of work. They're, they have got better every single week where, you know, I mean, the, um, the Chiefs, They've played pretty good all year long and just had a couple missteps, you know. But, I mean, honestly, I mean, I think it's going to be a great, great, great game. Um, I think it's going to live up to everybody's expectations uh, as far as um, possibly going down as one of the – probably the one of the higher high, – higher watch Super Bowls of all time, and I think it's going to be a great game. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to kind of see the uh, uh, the the TV numbers going into it, right? Because we think about it always being such a huge event from a TV viewership standpoint. You know, sports, for the most part, across 2020, viewership was down, and, and there's all kinds of speculations as to why that was uh, across the board. You think about all the different sports, but, you know, that'll be an interesting nugget to kind of look at on Monday as to what the TV numbers are going to look like uh, afterwards uh, for for viewership standpoint but I know one thing the betting has been down from an overall total standpoint as to what's going on out in Vegas but the online betting uh, has really kind of gone up from the the number of people kind of making their bets online again Mm -hmm. probably not shocking right so more and more states continue to pass uh, legislation to allow for online sports betting uh, within their state borders, right? Kind of, kind of geofence to, to knowing where your location is and uh, whether you can make a, a bet in a particular state. You think about daily fantasy sports, you know, that's been legal across most states for a long time now, uh, for several years at least. Uh, sports betting obviously uh, getting passed a few years ago with the uh, big Supreme Court case. And so more and more states are kind of passing that. We're hoping we get to see that here in Oklahoma eventually. Uh, probably have to work with most of the uh, the tribal uh, affiliates and uh, in the casinos that they have to make that work here in the state of Oklahoma, but I'm confident that that will take place at some point. But, yeah, kind of an interesting uh, uh, side story, if you will, with regards to uh, to the game on Sunday and all the ancillary things going into it. But, Butter, let me ask you this. Halftime show of the Super Bowl, always a big deal. Right? We think about some of the iconic acts that have taken place over the last few years, Radio Prince and Lady Gaga and all the other big-name stars that have kind of had their turn 
at the Super Bowl halftime show. The weekend is going to be headlining the the show. A guy who is supremely talented, man, great voice. Love some of the music, some of the songs that he puts out there. He's been in the news here recently, Butter, for some odd choices for um, maybe cosmetic surgery, I think might be the way to put it, Butter. I don't, I don't know what the diplomatic way uh, to describe that, but uh, he seems to be a mercurial, uh, weird guy. Now, again, supremely talented from a voice and from a musical standpoint, but uh, your thoughts on the halftime show and maybe what to expect from that. Well, obviously, I mean, if he's a strange and weird guy, um, it's probably obviously going to be a, a strange and a weird halftime show. <laughs> well, one of the prop bets that I saw would be whether Donald Trump would be mentioned oh. by the weekend in his halftime show. I assume probably a, a throwing shade at the former president there. So and I was like, well, what an odd thing to uh, uh, to make a prop bet on. I don't know, maybe there's some beef there uh, in their Twitter feeds or something. I'm, I'm Again, I'm not uh, really up to speed on all that sort of stuff, but I thought that that was interesting. But, you know, one of the, uh, the, the, the bets that we always kind of see each and every year uh, before for the Super Bowl, but are obviously uh, the national anthem, the length, the duration, uh, uh, how long the song is going to last. And so, you know, your thoughts on that, the the line that I was getting on the national uh, uh, anthem, butter was two minutes in three seconds, right? And so it is. Uh, I'm trying to think of the uh, the the artists that are singing it. Uh, Church, right? I think is the uh, the country artist. Eric Church, uh, Eric Church and then a uh, Jasmine. Uh, I didn't recognize the name, and I, I'm sorry. I, I'm kind of butchering it here, gang. So I'm kind of going through our prop bets. Uh, but but your thoughts on you know, that type of kind of, you know, the fun ancillary bet that kind of goes along with that. But, uh, you know, do, do you bet on the national anthem? Oh, I would say this year with whoever's singing it, uh, with Eric Church singing it, I might bet on it. You know okay. what he sings? He sings that song, Drink a Little Drink, Smoke yeah. a Little Smoke. I, I'm, I'm aware aware of who he is and stuff. I can't say that I listen to the radio a great deal anymore. But, uh, yeah, two minutes and three seconds. It always seems like two minutes is kind of that cutoff time for the national anthem that, uh, from a total standpoint, right? So as to whether or not it's going to go over or under. Seems like under is typically the pick more often than not. I think I put a couple bucks on uh, the taking the under on this one uh, just to say that I bet on it. But, uh, yeah, two minutes and three seconds, uh, the total on the national anthem there. So keep an eye out uh, for that one again that that's you're going to know whether you won or lost pretty quickly even before the game starts with that one butter so yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's always fun well speaking of another bet that seems completely stupid and arbitrary but oh everyone always bets on it before the game begins the coin flip butter so again you're, you're giving up the juice at minus 105 heads or tails one way or the other uh what are you taking Heads or tails, bud? Uh, you a heads or tails guy? I'm a tails guy. You're a tails guy. Okay, well, good, good, good. We've established that. So uh, Butter's going to go with tails uh, on the uh, the coin toss there. Uh, well, well, Butter, let's get into some of the player prop bets. Uh, you know, your thoughts, what to expect. You know, again, we, we've mentioned it. We really kind of anticipate there being a lot of points uh, in this one. Uh, but your thoughts on, I guess maybe before we even get into that, Super Bowl MVP, Butter. So, obviously, one of the big ticket items that you bet on, we alluded to it earlier, Patrick Mahomes, the big favorite there at minus 125. So, you actually have to lay some money uh, if you're going to take Patrick Mahomes as your MVP. No shock there. Tom Brady, uh, the next favorite right behind him at plus 175. And then it kind of starts getting into some of the longer odd guys, right? We talked about it before the pod began. I like Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill at Mm -hmm. plus 1,000, right? So, you're getting 10-to-1 odds with both of those guys. You would anticipate that they're going to be – 
uh, on the end of most of the receptions uh, coming from Patrick Mahomes, both yards and touchdowns. So maybe one of those guys really kind of shows out, has a huge play. Man, maybe try, Tyreek Hill has a punt return, kick return for a special teams touchdown as well that bolsters his resume. But anybody else kind of jump out to you or stand out there from a, an MVP odds and from a value standpoint? Well, I mean, obviously, I mean, Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady – I mean, um, it's typically the quarterback, the, yeah, right? The, so more they're often they're going to be yeah. the, the favorites in this game. Uh, like I said, I mean, I like Travis Kelsey. I like Tyreek Hill. Um, <clears throat> like I said, I, I, I'm I'm with the I, I'm betting on the Buccaneers. Uh, but I mean, I think that like uh, somebody like Mike Evans uh, or Chris Godwin, you know, I mean, with the both of these guys, uh, both of these teams, I mean, they split their carries. So I mean. Uh, you know, I mean, unless somebody uh, runs for 100 yards and a couple touchdowns, I, I really don't see a running back. Uh, I'm with you there. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, but both these both these clubs, I mean, you, the Buccaneers got Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette, and then uh, the Chiefs have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, uh, Le'Veon Bell, and then Darrell Williams, which, you know, I mean, the whole, the whole playoffs, you know, I mean, the Chiefs have had – had injuries, have had guys out with COVID, you know. Um, so, I mean, it's kind of been whoever's healthy is who's running the ball, you know. And uh, the, kind of the same way with the Buccaneers, you know. I mean, uh, I think um, Ronald Jones and Fournette have had, had have had their issues uh, this year, which, I mean, it's, it's just kind of been one of those years where, uh, I mean, people are getting injured, then plus the – the COVID, I mean, you never know. I mean, you don't know who's sick. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And again, knock on wood, we haven't heard a whole lot of news reports. I think there was a news report that the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs team barber uh, tested uh, positive for COVID earlier uh, today. We're hoping that that doesn't have any impact there. Not sure uh, which of the guys have had a haircut here in the last uh, 24 to 48 hours. But, you know, the hope is that it doesn't have any impact on the game. Uh, again, haven't heard any news stories with that uh, as of yet. But I may be talking about injuries, though, but are kind of coming into it, right? Antonio Brown for the Bucks, right? He hasn't been healthy, didn't play in the NFC Championship game, still questionable as to whether or not he's going to play on Sunday. Uh, we think about the uh, the left tackle for the Chiefs, right? Towards Fisher. Achilles, yeah, Fisher. Yeah, I think he's um, definitely Yeah, out. he's definitely out. Uh, he will not be, and he'll probably be out. He'll be lucky to kind of come back for the start of the season next year, probably, uh, if it's a, a typical torn Achilles uh, situation there. But any other injury news or any other guys kind of standing out to you in that regard? Well, I mean, obviously Patrick Mahomes, I mean, he kind of got nicked up a little bit. And, yeah, had um, the toe, turf toe. Yeah, and then yeah. Uh, yeah. Had, the, had the concussion against the Browns. And then, you know, I mean, he comes back uh, versus the Bills. And, I mean, to me, I mean, it really didn't look like he was bothered by the turf toe or um, had any symptoms from his concussion. So, I mean, uh, obviously, you know, I mean, he's um, he's been practicing. And, uh, I mean, it's – they're two weeks away from the AFC, two weeks uh, removed, removed from, from that from game the, yeah. from the mm-hmm. AFC championship win. So, I mean, obviously, I mean, that gives uh, each one of these players that's been dealing with some sort of nagging injury a lot more time to, to kind of heal up and uh, get ready for this game. So. Yep. I agree. I think I think Mahomes is going to be fine. I mean, he may not be a hundred percent, but I think he's close enough. Uh, and again, you get to this late in the season, everybody's got to get some some bumps and bruises and uh, and nicks from here to there and stuff. But you know, one of the other fun bets, butter that you will have to wait until the end of the game, my friend is the Gatorade shower, right? So kind of a, a rite of passage. You think about the winning coach getting you know dumped on uh, with the uh, the Gatorade. 
But one of the traditions is always the, the Gatorade shower, right? So who, what color is the Gatorade going to be that's going to be dumped on the winning head coach? And so, you know, obviously, strategy factors in here as to who you think is going to win the game first and foremost, right? But orange is the favorite this year at plus 175, Butter. Red slash pink, uh, probably, probably red if I had to guess, right? Maybe there is a pink Gatorade. I don't know. Uh, it's up there at plus 150 as well. So I guess maybe that that's the favorite when you start looking at the odds. Yellow, green, lime is uh, is there at 3-1 to one at plus 300. Purple at 6-1. to one. Clear, which I, maybe there is a that's clear. I guess maybe water would ice, count, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, at plus 625. And then blue, the long shot at plus 700. That's understandable given that uh, neither of these teams have blue in their color scheme. But orange, red, or yellow, Butter, which one are you going with? I think it's going to be one of those three, right? I want to go with. I'd go with uh, yellow, green, lime. Okay, nice. At, at plus three hundred, three to one odds there. Uh, I would. I'll probably go with uh, with orange, right? I could see the Chiefs maybe having some orange with their color scheme there, uh, and certainly that fits well with the Bucks as well. So I think maybe you're getting you're hedging your bets as to both teams might be able to lay a claim to orange Gatorade whenever it's all said and done. And that's that's a, that's my favorite flavor as well. So I'll go with I'll go with orange at plus one seventy five uh, on that uh, point, butter, but. Well, any other prop bets, anything else that kind of jumps out to you, Butter? You know, what's what's your favorite prop bets, or have we covered most of them in that regard, my friend? So, uh, yeah, National Anthem there. We talked about that earlier. Uh, I, I found it finally on our prop bet sheet here. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, two minutes and uh, three seconds. Jasmine Sullivan is the uh, the young lady's name that is singing with Eric Church there. So uh, you can bet on the color of their outfits. I saw one prop bet where you could bet on the color of Tony Romo's tie. Obviously, CBS is going to have the broadcast of the game. Uh, Tony going to be calling the game along with Jim Nance. Jim Nance, uh, excuse me. Uh, they do a fantastic job there. But what what color tie you think uh, our man Tony Romo is going to wear on Blue. Sunday? Blue. Okay. All right. Yeah. Probably, you probably go with something neutral, right? So I, I agree. Blue is probably a a good choice there. Uh, with uh, regards to Tony Romo's uh, uh, tie choice, but well, well, butter, you know, we're up against the uh, the forty five minute, fifty minute mark here, so I think it's time we dive into it, my friend. I'm going to press you for a winner, so so tease it with for me, all right? Let's go total over under. Let's go winner from a spread standpoint, outright winner of the game. Give me your MVP, and then paint a little picture with the, how you think the game is going to play out, my friend. Um, obviously, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the over, like I said, I've, uh, I think I've talked about this before. I think that there's going to be a, a lot of points scored in this game. Um, I think the final score is going to be someplace like around the 35, 30. Um, I think the, both teams are going to be able to move the ball. And I, like I said, I believe that the, whoever wins, um, the defense is going to have to, it's whoever uh, makes the last stop is uh, I think uh, is whoever is who's going to win the game. Um, obviously, I mean, um, I mean, both of these quarterbacks. I mean, there's going to be a lot of offense in this game. Um, I lean towards uh, Tom Brady. Like I said, I've been a fan of the Buccaneers all year long. I mean, um, he's been there. I mean, in this matchup, I would I would lean on Brady because, like I said, he does have a lot more experience and he does uh, know how to win these games. And like I said, I mean, I think uh, what I said earlier is like the as far as uh, going from start to finish. I mean, obviously the Buccaneers um, have shown the most improvement, 
and like I said, I mean, to me, that they've um, they've been uh, gelling at the time when they need to need to be playing really good football. Um, you know, I mean, c- c- coming up into this uh, Super Bowl matchup, you know, I mean, obviously Tom Brady, um, they beat um, they beat Drew Brees, um, they beat uh, Aaron Rodgers, and both of those both of those are going to be Hall of Fame quarterbacks. So, I mean, um, obviously the Buccaneers have uh, had a, a little bit more of a difficult time uh, and had a little bit more competition than what the Chiefs have had to ha- had to play to get there. But uh, like I said, I mean, I, MVP, I think it's going to be Tom Brady as well. So you're going Bucks. You're going with Tom Brady. He's going to get – Number seven. I'm going with the over. Okay. And I'm going with uh, Tampa Bay to cover or to to win by five. Okay. What was your final score? 35 to 30. 35 to 30 bucks. All right. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Butter's been on a good run here lately, so that's that's probably sage advice. So I I want to bet on Brady. And I want it to work out because, again, I think that story, you know, we, we, we follow greatness, right? We, we just want to see greatness. The reason why we love Tiger Woods at golf, the reason why we love Michael Jordan at basketball, right? You want to see those great stars go out and do great things. And Brady, I think, qualifies that at the quarterback position in the NFL. I can't do it, Butter. Uh, I think the Chiefs are going to be one of those special teams that go back-to-back. I, I think Mahomes in that offense is too good. And what I saw from from TB12 in the NFC Championship is he's got a propensity to turn the ball over, right? He had three interceptions in that game. I think you can get after him. He just doesn't move as well as he used to. And whenever he's never been a outright, you know, blazer from a speed standpoint. Yeah. But his movement in the pocket has even kind of changed a little bit to where he's not able to sidestep some of those uh, rushers and uh, and some of those things that we used to see in the past. Just little subtle movements in the pocket uh, to where you can still get to him a little bit and. I think the Chiefs will disrupt the timing enough uh, from a defensive pass rush standpoint. And again, their pass rush has not been great this year. I, I think that that is fair. Blitzing Tom Brady has never been a good move, right? We've seen that in the past that he's kind of seen every blitz package that you can kind of throw at him. But I think in a one-off, 60-minute, hey, give me everything you got here to get after this guy. I, I do think that the Chiefs can kind of pull, pull enough together to get some pressure on him there. And I'm with you in the sense that I like the over. I think there's going to be a lot of points in this one. Um, I, I'm, I'm not going to say it's going to be the last team that has the ball whenever it's all said and done uh, because I do think the Chiefs will get a couple of breaks uh, in, in the serve there, whether it be through turnovers or whether it be through, uh, through stops uh, from a defensive standpoint. Give me the Chiefs. Um, again, I'm going to take the over. I think the Chiefs win. I think the Chiefs cover. I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey as my MVP butter at 10 to 1. I like those odds there. Um, again, Mahomes is going to put up some some crazy stats and have some really good numbers as well. I can see Kelsey maybe having 100 to 150 yards receiving, maybe a couple of touchdowns, maybe scoring a meaningful touchdown at some point uh, late in the game to maybe kind of seal the win uh, for the Chiefs. But give me the Chiefs in this one, 38 to 27. Okay, in 11 points, you think, oh, wow, that's a, that's kind of a big win. I think it's close, right? I think the Chiefs maybe score one late, maybe kick a field goal late to put the game out of reach. I mean, I think that Madden simulation that we talked about earlier in the pod, 37-27, I think was the score there. Again, I, I read that report. It was like, shit, that 
that sounds pretty good to me. I think that's how this game could really kind of play out. Um, I think it will be. That's why I asked you who the MVP was. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So, so Mahomes got it in that one. I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey for me just to be a little bit different because, you know, again, from a betting standpoint, not great value on betting on Mahomes at minus 125, although he's, he merits that uh, given his, uh, his performances, but uh, I'll take the chiefs in this one, 38, 27. Again, we both like the over there uh, and got some splits on the games uh, from a, a overall winner standpoint and from a spread standpoint. But again, I, I know that you're vested butter. So you, you've got, uh, you, you've got some uh, shekels riding on the bucks there and it wouldn't hurt my feelings if that's how it turns out. And I, again, I think it is going to be an enjoyable game to watch what we think some of these it'll be fun some watch. of these games in the past you know decade have been kind of clunkers right that we've had mm-hmm. some turds there you know a couple of years ago obviously with the uh, patriots and rams and that 10 to 3 game or 13 3 whatever it ended up being i mean that was was tough to watch last year was pretty good right with the comeback that the chiefs had uh, over the uh, the 49ers there uh, late in the fourth quarter. So that one was entertaining late. It was kind of boring for the first three quarters. But uh, I think that this one's going to be fun to watch from the uh, from the get-go. And again, the star power is there, right? So you think about the two quarterbacks first and foremost, uh, but you think about some of the, uh, the skill players that they have on both sides of the ball. Um, and I think it will be fun to watch, and there will be points in this one. And I think it's going to be a relatively clean game, right? So probably few penalties in this one. Um, and I think there may be just one or two turnovers, but I think those one or two turnovers uh, are going to uh, to be meaningful whenever it's all said and done, uh, given that these two offenses are so good. So, Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I wanted to give just a quick update again to kind of recap. We talked about it last week because obviously we had a bye week, right? So there was no games last week. On our playoff fantasy pick I have a narrow, tenuous lead over my man Butterball here, 276 to 265. I've got Patrick Mahomes, Ronald Jones of the Bucks. Tyreek Hill of the Chiefs, and then kicker Harrison Butker to go. Butter has Tom Brady, Mike Evans of the Bucks, and then my MVP pick, Travis Kelsey, to go. So it's anybody's ball game here as to who is going to fetch that fantasy professional playoff fantasy championship, Butter. But uh, should be should come down to the wire, right? I think I've got four guys, but I think your four your three guys are probably just on even par, right? So I, I would I would anticipate that you might chip into the lead. It's whether I can hold on to it. But <laughs> probably the, the race to 300 there yeah. uh, from a total point standpoint between our guys. So, well, Butter, again, kind of somewhat bittersweet that we're coming to the end of the season. And obviously, we'll be on next week and kind of do a recap of the game and kind of talk about that and then she'll preview some uh, off-season storylines. But the draft will be here before we know it, right? So we'll get to talk about that. We'll talk about some pro days leading up to the draft in the weeks and months to come. But somewhat of an irregular schedule after next week for the uh, Fantasy Fessionals pod, given that we'll be in the off-season mode. But assuming that we've got some listeners out there that are in dynasty leagues in their NFL leagues. How can they get at you out there on the Twitter, man? If they need some fantasy professional advice about trades, about dynasty pickums, about all that fun stuff, how can they get at you, bud? Okay. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Jeremy underscore Van Curen, the fantasy professional, and that is J E R E M Y underscore V A N C U R E N. Absolutely, brother. Well, again, man, I appreciate you riding shotgun with me here in studio. Always enjoy it and uh, and look forward to doing it again next week after uh, the big game is over. So, well, gang, while this will wrap it up for this episode, remember the conversation doesn't end here. To keep up with everything we're doing over at the Sports Pros Network, check us out at fantasysportspros.com or on Twitter at sports underscore pros. And remember, that's pros with an E, P-R-O-S-E. Enjoy the big game on Sunday. We'll talk to you next week. Take care, everyone.